0: The book of Acts chapter 10 verse 1 through 4. Acts chapter 10 verse 1 through 4. We're going to be reading from these scriptures. And I love this story. It's a beautiful story that compiles a powerful message here from the Lord. From the Lord. There's so much here that is a beautiful uh, experience of salvation and how God stepped in did some great and powerful things. So it says here in the book of Acts chapter 10, verse 1 through 4, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, with which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. We, he saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. I want to preach to you on this subject the journey of a prayer. The journey of a prayer. God bless you. Uh, turn to somebody. Next to you, shake hands with them, and you may be seated. The journey of a prayer. Did you even think that there could be a journey of a prayer? Well, there can be. I know I've been on a lot of trips, a lot of journeys, and before we ever started, of course, yesterday we went to uh, some friends of ours. He was having a 60-year uh, birthday. I'm so glad that he had the 60-year birthday and not me, but uh, he uh, he had a birthday we celebrated, had some cake, uh, but we had to uh, find the place that we were having at, and what happened was uh, we just kind of pulled out our uh, phone, typed in the address, and it began to give me directions. Sometimes I get irritated at the voice on there. just trying to tell me what to do, but yet I'm very thankful that they showed me the way, the GPS, uh, I definitely know that if you try a GPS, trust me, by personal experience, if you try a GPS in the state of Louisiana, you will get down a road that takes you to a swamp and it's got a dead end. And I guess they're expecting you to drive across the swamp to get there. Uh, been there, done that. And, um, but we're, we were thankful for the GPS that we just typed the address in, and it just started taking us to, the, to uh, Casey, Illinois, and uh, the city that has hardly anything other than, the. I guess, the city fathers, town fathers, decided that they wanted to make the biggest things in the whole world, so they have the biggest rocking chair there and uh, I guess the biggest in the whole world I guess I don't know. Uh, I think there's a little competition between Casey, Illinois and uh, southwest Missouri uh, because there's always things there that they always wanted to say this is the biggest in the world this is the best in the world and this and that. Matter of fact we took a picture to all the deer hunters out there of the biggest antlers um, in the world. We couldn't even get it sized in the picture, it was so big. Uh, I don't know what kind of deer it came off of, but it, it was actually steel uh, antlers with rivets in it, I didn't notice. And um, must have been a mighty big deer uh, that was roaming the, the state of Illinois, but they had to get rid of it because it could have caused problems, you know, such a big deer. So, um, but we, we were able to make it there at the right time and we were able to get back home and following GPS. But I remember years ago, uh, we would pull an atlas out. How many of you remember the atlases? <laughs> and you pull out the atlas and you chart your course and try to find the best way there. And, uh, you know, uh, sometimes you try to stay away from the two-lane highways and this and that. But you're, you're, you're trying to get down the best highway that will take you there in the right amount of time. So we'd always chart our course. I know our vacation uh, several years ago when, Uh, Timothy was getting ready to, um, I guess, go to college. I don't know if he was going to college or he was getting ready to turn 16 and start driving or or whatever. But we felt like that we needed to take a vacation, all of us together, and go to California and um, get to California. And then we're going to, uh, you know, spend some time there and and then come back before they went to college, before they left home, before they married their wives, and uh, uh, before they started their family on our own, and we wanted to spend some time together as a family, but that was one of our goals, so I charted the course, I mean, I I had it all set up, I knew where we were going to stop for the night, the hotel area we were going to stay at, I knew how many hours we were going to drive the next day, and where we were going to stop, and it took about, what, three days, possibly, to get there, Um, we, uh, we, we did this, and we actually started early the night before. And uh, it didn't always go perfectly as planned, but at least I had a direction and guidance of what I was wanting to do to get us there and get us back, also to be able to spend time in uh, California and to be able to get back so we can stop off at Branson. That was my goal, which I have heard grief. (laughs) Grief over that. And I'll probably hear grief over that for the rest of my life. But hey, now my sons miss Branson, believe it or not, because it's a part of their life. <laughs> so they miss Branson, so you could be thankful to old dad because of that. But we, we charted courses and we took a lot of journeys, and we, but we had to have some direction to get there, but yet... Uh, believe it or not, prayer, your prayers can go on a journey. It's an amazing thing when you pray. You might think a lot of times you pray a prayer and it never goes anywhere. You don't hear, you, you hear crickets. You hear quietness. You hear no answer. We're expecting an answer from God. We're expecting something to happen quickly. We're expecting something to, to move quickly. But here's the thing. We know that that there is Uh, there is a prayer, every prayer we pray, God hears. God knows exactly what we're saying and He hears it and there is a a beginning point of a process and a journey for that prayer that you prayed. And, And it's important for us to always understand that God's will is perfect. God's way is always perfect. His His ways, when he answers the prayer, is so much better than what I've asked for. So much better than what you've asked for. I just trust him. I know that he can answer it. He knows the beginning. He knows the end. He knows everything in between. He is a God that understands all these things. And it was said that at a meeting of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, there was a man named Bobby Richardson, and he played for the New York Yankees as second base. I don't know if anybody remembers him. But there was a meeting they were having at the the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and he was going to give the prayer. And he offered this prayer, and really when you read it or hear it, it, it's just very simple, and it makes sense. It makes sense. It's not complicated whatsoever, but it gets right to the point. He offered a prayer that is very classic here and it said dear God your will nothing more nothing less nothing else amen I'm going to read that again dear God your will nothing more nothing less nothing else amen what a what a perfect prayer it, I think this is a prayer we need to be able, when we pray for the needs and bring our supplications before the Lord, our requests, that we pray and trust God, that your will, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else, because your way is perfect. Your way is right. Your way will uh, take care of the needs that we have in our lives. I. I know sometimes we might get complicated in this, but yet when we consider uh, as we say a prayer, it does not go on deaf ears. God hears it, and it starts a process of a journey that God himself takes that prayer on. It's a powerful thing when we consider we don't always consider how powerful prayer really is when we get to heaven. I've said this before, when we get to heaven and realize how powerful prayers were at that point because we're going to understand a whole lot more than we understand now. But we're, we're I, And maybe we won't say this, maybe we won't even consider it, I don't know. But I just have this thought that that when we realized how powerful prayer uh, was here on earth, we would have prayed a whole lot more. We would have taken it to God and believed in God a whole lot more than what we have. Amen? But sometimes when we pray, it's my will be done. But it needs to be thy will be done. Jesus gave the most perfect prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, As he began to take his flesh, he was saying, yes, take this cup from me, because he knew what was happening, but yet, not my will, but thy will be done. So he submitted his flesh to the power of the purpose that he was a part of. You see, prayers will rearrange and move the world for you to help bring forth a purpose of God for your life and everybody around you. You see, there is a journey of prayer and a hunger for God in many people. God hears the prayers of man's life. God saw that he was, a, he, in this story of, of the book of Acts chapter 10, was talking about Cornelius. It was talking about a man that was very committed. He, he was... He was what they call a part of the Italian band, so he was a part of the Roman Empire in Caesarea. We, we went there when we went to Israel, and it was a place that we, we walked out on the Mediterranean Ocean, and there were uh, actually the, the, the king at that time or the ruler of the, the time of that area. There was a big track where they had uh, chariot races. We walked out on that. We seen the ruins of all these different places in the, in the water uh, uh, canals that where they sent water back into the into the uh, into the areas of uh, Israel, but yet we see that that there was a lot of interesting things. It had great Roman influence there uh, for good probably and for bad also. But yet there was a lot of Roman rule. But yet Cornelius was a man that was a part of the Italian band, and he was a man that was that was uh, evidently. Uh, uh, mightily involved in in this uh, Roman uh, army, but yet he was very respected also by the Jewish people, the Bible says. But God saw this man. He was a man that might have thought that God didn't notice him, but yet God did notice him. And there were some very distinct things that he noticed of this man's life. First of all, he noticed his prayers. He also noticed that he was a devout man, the Bible says. You can read it in the book of Acts chapter 10. He also noticed that he feared God with all of his house. So his, his fear of God evidently was, was uh, making an impact upon his family and upon his home. He was... He was an example, even though that he was a part of the Roman uh, Empire, yet he was a man that feared God. But he must have taught his family to fear God also by his things he said, by his example. But we also see that he had a very caring heart because the Bible says that God noticed the alms that he gave. God notices the, the, the giving and the sacrifice that goes on in the house of the Lord. He, he noticed, but he noticed this about Cornelius. He gave money to help other people along the way and he also prayed to God always. And also, reading further verses here, on this day, he had completed four days of fasting. As it says he had fasted for four days. Now, I don't know, maybe, maybe there was an overlap there because I do realize that, that from Joppa to Caesarea, where, where Simon Peter went with them, it was about a two day journey there because it was 30 miles. But they're walking by foot with sandals. How many miles can we get in with sandals on? But we see that, that, that he had fasted for. Four days, and we also uh, realized that he was a Gentile. But God sent an angel down to speak to him. You see, he was labeled a Gentile. So, because of that label, it brought a lot of uh, bad feelings between the Jewish people and the Romans and the Gentiles. Uh, just the label alone, being a Gentile, would have possibly held back the message of salvation from Cornelius' life just because he was tagged as a Gentile, not a Jew. He was a Roman. He was a Roman soldier. The Italian band, he was hated by the Jews because they hated all of the, 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 the Gentiles and Romans The torture that they had thought of and remembered of the Romans toward the Jews created a division. If you didn't fit in that that sect of Jewish uh, laws, then you were considered a Gentile or considered an enemy of the Jewish people. Jews wouldn't even eat with them. They wouldn't even befriend them. They wouldn't even come into allow them to come into their own house. They wouldn't even be seen with them as a friend. They considered them to be dogs. Dogs. They they didn't look at them as a good person. But yet there was prayers that were going forth by a man that didn't fully know God. But God heard the prayers. And started those prayers that Cornelius was saying because of his fasting and prayer, and started them on a journey. An amazing journey. (laughs) And the Lord uh, began to do some powerful things. You you see, him being a Gentile, uh, you see, God broke through that generational laws of the Jews to get to Cornelius. And as a Gentile, he could have been kept back. He he had blood on his hands. The Romans had blood on their hands of Israel. That they had killed or tortured or tormented. But God began to take a prayer of a man that didn't fully understand and know everything about God, but he knew that he feared God and respected God and, 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 and gave alms to help people. And he prayed every day and even fasted and he feared God, but yet God began to orchestrate a plan for his life, to overcome the obstacles, to overcome the struggle. He sent a vision of an angel to show Cornelius instructions of what he needed to do. He needed to send some men to Joppa. There's a man there. His name's Simon. He is with Simon a Tanner. And he is there to give instructions of what you are to do to overcome these uh, Gentile tags and to, for you to overcome these obstacles and this hatred and all of this. He's, he's, he's going to give you some instruction. So Cornelius, he, he, he saw the vision. He heard the voice that spoke to him. He, and it says in Acts 10, 3 through 6, he saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day of uh, an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is it? Lord, And he said unto unto him, thy prayers and thy alms are come up for a memorial before God. Not just his prayers, but also his sacrifice of alms came up before the Lord. You think God doesn't notice? God always notices. God always notices everything that we are able to sacrifice for him and give to him. And thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon whose surname is Peter. He lodgeth with one Simon a tanner whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. And it was at the ninth hour. Which was the ninth hour of the day, which the it was the hour for the Jewish people, an hour of prayer, so evidently uh, evidently Cornelius was at that point of possibly praying at that time, and then the vision came to him. Things happen in prayer. <laughs> Amen. Amen. things happen in prayer, and this vision began to speak to him. Cornelius was was praying, and, 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 and but what's interesting is how this prayers, the prayers of Cornelius began to take a journey. Not only was God dealing with Cornelius, but at the very same hour, there was a man named Peter, the apostle, was praying on a rooftop at the same time. And he was hungry, the Bible said. I get hungry all the time. I told my mother-in-law, I stopped grazing for at least two minutes. But he, at the very same time, the ninth hour here, Peter was up on the, on the housetop and he was praying. <laughs> what a connection that God was speaking to both parties. He was taking these prayers of Cornelius that the Lord was recognizing and he was making something out of it. And he began to orchestrate as a middleman between these two parties, and he was saying, Cornelius, you send a man to, to, to our Caesarea and you're gonna to, or to Joppa, and you're gonna find that there are as a man named Peter, he's gonna give you some instruction. And at the same time, God was beginning to speak to, to uh, Peter as he was up on the uh, up on the rooftop, seeming distractions of physical hunger, getting, you know, that we could take that and distractions and get our mind off of what we really need to get our mind on. And and we could be distracted. He could have been distracted from prayer and stopped praying and just went and got something to eat. But when Peter became very hungry and wanted to eat during his prayer, He no doubt regarded it as a distraction. But yet God used this to speak to him through a vision regarding food. His hunger perhaps made him pay more attention to what God was trying to say because the vision that he got also had to do with hunger. You see, a lot of times we look at distractions uh, and, and we need to deal with them, and we dealt with them today. But sometimes we look at distractions like uh, that, that, they can get us away from focusing upon God. We need to recognize distractions. We need to understand that we can take it before the Lord and push through the distractions and push through the struggle and the obstacles and keep ourselves on focus so we can continue to have revival because God has great things ahead of us, but the job of Satan is get us off course. But Peter... He did not get off course. He didn't change his direction. He continued to pray. And because of that, God began to speak to him. God was using what seemed to be a distraction to show him a soul and to show him a purpose. And a sheet came down from the... the, From the heavens, and it showed unclean animals on this. Uh, And and the voice spoke to Peter and said, Rise, kill, and eat. Uh, And as he began to look at all of these animals on this sheet, he was looking at it like, God, I have, I have, he basically was saying, No, I can't do this. You know, here's what's strange about it Cornelius, when the vision came to him, he said, Yes, Lord. But Peter, here he was, supposed to be a child of God, and he constantly said, No, Lord. Are we like that? We shouldn't be. We just need to say, yes, Lord, whatever you have, because the Lord has something powerful that he wants to do through our lives. So, so Peter kept saying, uh, you know, no, Lord, I can't do this. This is, this is getting out beyond the, the things that I've always done. I'm, I've lived by the laws. I, I haven't eaten those animals. Those are unclean. But the Lord said, uh, don't call anything unclean. Or common, than I have, that I have uh, cleansed. So he was saying to him, okay, okay, Peter, three times, and when anytime time you look in the Bible where it says that Jesus said something three times, verily, verily, I say unto you, he said that two times, but any time he goes beyond one time, there's emphasis there, there's a reason for it, he's trying to get your attention. In the mouth of two of three witnesses, let it be established. So, he was saying to Peter, rise, kill, and eat. said it three times. You see, we've got to understand what God will do for our lives as we pray, as we trust Him. And with a hunger in our heart, sincere prayers before the Lord, we're hungering. We need to get to a point where it's not just about physical hunger, but it's about a spiritual hunger hunger for souls and the spiritual hunger for lives to be changed and I know that today there are prayers that have went forth in this building and we prayed and we've sought God for great miracles and continued revival we're not going to get distracted but we're going to let our distractions focus us upon God we're not going to stop here we're going to keep moving forward Cornelius was a good man evidently he was living in the realm of repentance because he feared God, he prayed every day. Evidently he was living in a realm of, of repentance and God saw his prayers and his alms and he, he was looking at Cornelius in the sense that, hey, you are ready. You are ready to receive what I, more that I have for you. And God saw his prayers and his alms and, 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 and there is more for good people than what they have. Sometimes people think, well, I'm a good person. I've got everything that I need. No, God is saying just to be a good person doesn't mean you're going to make it to heaven. He says there is something more for you. And Cornelius was a good man. Just being a good person won't get you to heaven. But following his word and being obedient to his word will. And he and his household were, were touched by the power of God that day. As, he, as Peter went back to, with the other men, and he brought witnesses with him, and he, he went back to Caesarea and walked in, and Cornelius, realizing that God had spoken to him, he fell down and began to worship him. And Peter said, oh, no, 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 no don't worship me. I'm just a man. And he began to ex- instruct him of what he should do and talk to him about what he needed to do. But it was all because of a prayer and the journey of a prayer started at Caesarea in a man's life, his hunger for something more. And he received his instructions from Peter, which was basically from God. It was through an instrument. And this is the instructions that God gives us also. The prayers that you've prayed is on a journey. Something is happening. You might not see it right now. You might not know exactly what's happening, but your prayers are on a journey. It might go a long way. It might, in this case, it went 30 miles. That's a long way in those days because you're not getting in a car. We can get there quick in a car, but you don't get there too fast with sandals on. Two-day journey, basically, what it, some say. I guess if you walk faster, you get there a little bit faster. But it was a two-day journey. But when he got there, he got the instructions that he needed. But God was orchestrating that prayer to make some connections between Cornelius and Peter to find salvation. And you see, he was a good man, and he I just look at it, he was in a... He was in a state of repentance because of the things that he was doing. But yet, as Peter, in the book of Acts, chapter 10, verse 44 through 48, while Peter yet spake these words, giving them instruction, the Bible says that the Holy Ghost fell on all of them, which heard the word, the Holy Ghost. And they of the circumcision, which Jewish people, under the law, which believed were astonished because evidently they believed, evidently they had received the Holy Ghost also, but they were astonished that even Gentiles, those Gentile dogs, those people that we don't want to hang out around with, those, those people that are, that are uh, totally against what we stand for as the laws of God and we've lived for, you know, it's hard to break some traditions in, in people's lives. Now, now, the word of God should never be broken, but yet the traditions of the old law, there's some things God's, The the Lord said when he came to this earth, I don't come to destroy the old law, I come to fulfill it. I've got a better way. It is a a law that is in the power of of me coming to this earth and a death, burial, and resurrection. And and it's a power of freedom and liberty and the Holy Ghost and and the power of the name and power of repentance. It's It's a powerful thing, but yet they were astonished that even Gentiles, that they wouldn't even allow into their house or even walk with because they had blood on their hands of the Jewish people. And some of them hated them. They were astonished. As many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. In verse 46, they knew this, that the Holy Ghost was poured out, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. They heard it, and magnify God. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water, that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, then prayed they him to tarry certain days. In that repentant state, ready to receive the extra of what God wanted. They, he was in that repentant state of dying to self, you die to yourself when you pray and you, talk to God, fear God, and, and turn those sins over to the Lord, lay them on an altar. And, but there was more for this good man to complete the salvation in his life. Uh, there was a need for them to be baptized. They got the Holy Ghost on account. I received the Holy Ghost before I was baptized on account. Uh, I received it with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And I was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. What a powerful experience that it was. But they received it that day. All because of the journey of prayer. A hungry heart, a hungry soul, a hungry life. <laughs> it, was a, it was a powerful thing, but a prayer went up by Cornelius. I don't know if he understood everything about what he was praying about, but he had such a hunger in his heart for God and he feared God because evidently he had seen some things, he experienced some things, and he began to pray every day and he fasted for four days and God saw it all and he began to put that prayer on a journey to connect him with Peter, to give him the rest of the instructions and on the journey he received it because of the journey of prayer. God will push through the obstacles to get to you and me. God will push through the obstacles to get to us, to get to our friends, to get to our family members. He will push through that. Uh, Oh, we we don't want to, we, we want to be like a John the Baptist. We don't want to, to uh, stop the flow of, of God touching somebody so that they feel and experience the power of the Lord. No, what John the Baptist was saying is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach the gospel to bring them the, the low valleys up and I'm going to preach the gospel to bring the mountains down and I'm going to preach the gospel so that I can make the roads straight so they're not so crooked and you know when we get to a point where uh, that, that's the, exactly what we as children of God need to have in our heart and soul uh, is we don't want to cloudy this thing, we don't want to make it to where that they can't get there we don't want to make the road crooked we don't want to make the mountains so high they can't climb over and the valleys so low they can't get up. Uh, We want to make it uh, where it's just simply them and God. The Word of God. It's simple. We don't have to complicate it. We just trust the Word of God. Just preach the Word of God. It takes care of a whole lot of things. There's power in this book. Amen. We just preach the Word of God. We don't have to muddle it up and muddy it up with a lot of my thinking, my feeling, my, my this, my... No, I tell you what, it's the Word of God. It's the power of the Word of God. It's, it, it can do the work. We, it doesn't need any help. It just needs someone to preach it and someone to teach it. Someone to show someone the way. But a journey of prayer. God pushes through obstacles to get to us. He pushes through obstacles to get... Past the sinful reputations that others would reject us with, uh, he pushes past the labels of hurtful names that, like Gentile or whatever, we're Gentile. We're not Jewish. I don't, maybe there's someone Jewish here. I don't know. But but you know, we're Gentiles. We are. We, we're not born into that Jewish. Uh, uh, that Israelite blood, but uh, you know we are people that have been adopted into the kingdom of the Lord. Uh, he pushes past the lifelong habits of people to get to their life. He pushes past the vicious hatred toward you and toward me, and and years of feeling unworthy of God. He pushes past that to get to us to the point where we can walk with God and serve. Pushes past all of that. Gentile. Another example in the Bible is a woman that came to Jesus, said, Touch my daughter. Well, Jesus kind of pushed her off. We don't give the children's bread to dogs, but she said, even dogs eat of the crumbs of the master's table. And then he said unto her, Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt, and her daughter was made whole from that very hour because of her faith. Faith in God. How desperate are our prayers today. They're going on a journey. Every prayer that you pray, you, matter of fact, I will venture to say that There's people in this building that have prayed for specific needs. And God has put that prayer on a journey to meet a word from his word to get you to understand, I have got this covered. He's got it. And today could be your Caesarea Joppa day. I know that you have probably prayed a prayer, God. If you don't, if you don't have salvation, you've probably prayed a prayer, God. Please save my soul. I know that because I did that when nobody knew it. But I had a prayer that I didn't really fully understand. I had a prayer that day that it was late in the night. I was laying in bed just to. 14-year-old teenager, high school student, and I prayed the prayer because I felt the weight of the word of God that kept coming to me at our supper table from my dad that listened to it at lunchtime at work. They put a word in him. He brought the word back to us, and I heard it at the supper table, and it began to do something to my heart and soul, and I was thinking... To myself, I need to be saved. The Word of God did something inside of me. I need to be saved, and I don't know how to get it. I, I know what they say, but I don't know how to get it. So I prayed at night, Lord, save my soul and save my family. And that prayer <laughs> took off on a journey that I couldn't get to. <laughs> it took off on a journey that I could not orchestrate myself. It took off on a journey that was amazing. And it, my, my Caesarea Joppa day came to pass. My Cornelius Peter moment came to pass. Hey Amen. that salvation day could be today and I know you prayed a prayer that God would save you and your family but yet God has orchestrated your prayer so that you could be here today this church service so the instructions can be given repent lay down your sins ask God to forgive you and lay them at an altar and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues and other beautiful blessings of the power of salvation that God gives us. You prayed a prayer and God has brought you to this house for such a time as this. Because God goes beyond everything else to get to you and me. That's the way God operates. God brought you here to this church today to hear instructions from a preacher because that's his way and that's his plan. No, it might not be the greatest message you've ever heard in your life, but it's a message from the Word. It is the greatest message, not because of the deliverer, but because of the power of what the Word says. It's a powerful book. Amen. It can change your life could change your life. How hungry are you to eat from the Lord's table today? Amen. How hungry are you to find salvation so that when you pass from this life in the future that you could say I'm going to where Jesus is. Amen. I'm going before the throne of the Lord. Amen. How hungry are you to eat of the Lord's table of eternal life and to have a new reputation and to have a new hope and a new beginning and a new peace and a new happiness Happiness in God and to be forgiven, to lay your head down to sleep at night and say, I am forgiven. Uh, My sins are washed away, Amen, by the blood of the Lamb. And I have a testimony of the power of God. How hungry are you? Uh, I can't put the hunger in you. Uh, You've got to have a hunger for yourself. Uh, I could just show you how to get there. I could show you how to get the victory. Uh, I could show you how to feel the peace. Uh, Amen and you could get to a point where you finally feel worthy. Oh, you finally feel worthy. Worthy to come into the house of God. Worthy to say, I'm a child of God. Worthy to be able to love God and Him love you. and Worthy, He's loving you all the time anyway. He's, he's there for you. He's been there in the darkest hour. He, he died on the cross while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. While we were the lowest of lows, he still died for us, but all through the journey of a desperate prayer, Cornelius found what he was looking for, and you can find what you're looking for today. By the power of God, God is orchestrating right now by the cry of a desperate prayer from your heart. Your prayer that you prayed, you might have thought God never heard it. God never responded to it. God never even cared about it. Let me tell you, let me wipe that away. God has sent that prayer on a journey and He sent it to a place that is going to reconnect and give you something in your life that you never thought you could have. It's the joy of the Lord. It's the peace of the Lord. It's the happiness of the Lord. It's the strength of the Lord. It's the blessings of the Lord. You see, your journey has been laid out by God today. Will you receive it? Will you receive it? And let me tell you something. There is nothing, as, as we stand here today, there's nothing, there's nothing like the Lord. There's nothing like the Lord. There is nothing like receiving the power of repentance and baptism in Jesus name and in filling of the holy ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Do you think you're unworthy? God's saying, "Oh no. Just hunger for me. And I'll show you things you never thought you could receive." but it's going to take a walking to Him and a surrender to Him. And when I gave my life to the Lord, I could finally sing the song. I'd rub Have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have Jesus than riches untold. I would rather have Jesus than houses or land. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand than to be the king of the vast domain and be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. I'd rather have Jesus than one I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than world wide fame. Yes, I'd rather be true to his hope. Was singing, than to be the king of a vast domain and be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus Than anything this world affords me today. Let's sing that first verse again. I'd rather have Jesus than sin. untold I'd rather have Jesus than houses and lands I'd rather be led by his nail scarred hands than do be king of a vast domain, and to be held in sin's dread sway. Verse again, than to be the king of a valley prayers that you have prayed have been on a journey and they have led you to this house today but if you would just open up to the Lord he is standing there with open arms saying come to me I love you come to me I care about your needs come to me I I, I, I love you with all of my heart I'm reaching for you I'm Pressing past the barriers of all of the unworthiness and pressing past the barriers of names and pressing past the barriers of reputations and all of these things that try to hold you back. But if you will make a step to God today, God will touch your life and He will deliver you today. And if you're here today, and you might feel that you're slipping away from God, you can have a refreshing today in the Holy Ghost. I'm calling upon you, congregation, to come to this altar and to give your heart totally again to the Lord if it's the first time or if it's the several times, but you're making a fresh start in God. Would you come to the Lord today? Would you come and say to him, I'd rather have Jesus. My prayers are on a journey and I receive with hunger in my heart you, God. His blood has been poured out for you. Let's come. Let's come and let's seek God. The instructions has been given. Give your life to the Lord and he will bless you like you've never seen before. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh God. Hallelujah. 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 Lay it down before him today. Lay it down before him today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Oh God. I give it to you, God.